the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halabi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategy. Strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab. Welcome to the show. I'm Eric Halby. Appreciate you being here. This is your place for news, talk, and information. Still getting a little bit under the weather, but you can probably tell that is, uh, boy, this the, the flu, I guess, it's hitting this year. It's funny. They say, hey, listen, every time you turn around, there's going to be another virus. I'm like, okay. Do you, do you understand? What, what is it? Seven? By the time you hit, what, 50 years on this planet, you're supposed to have 75 different flu vaccines? I mean, come on, there's a part of this that makes a little more sense. You know, the doctors quietly when the doors close or nurse practitioners when nobody's listening will kind of tell you the, uh, look, you're going to get sick. It's part of life. Build up your immunities, eat better, work out a little bit, get some sunshine. You know, the basic stuff that can you imagine they used to tell us for 20 years. (laughs) There's no change, maybe 40 years of your life. So welcome to the show. Hey, listen, I wanted to touch on a couple of things. In case you haven't noticed, recently, this wet stuff that's falling from the sky, I, I want to do, let's do a recapture. Oh, wait, the pun is intended, a recapture of the knowledge of what happens with water and why, in fact, it's doing things uh, the way that uh, I think most people forget. Ready for this? The same amount of water that's on the planet right now has always been here. I know that's a shock. It's either a solid, liquid, or a gas. Solid, liquid, or a gas. The amount that's a vapor that's lost to outer space is very, very little. The amount of moisture that's actually made on this planet is very, very little. You know, relatively speaking. Elon Musk was quoted recently as saying, uh, we do not have a water problem, period. We do not. It doesn't matter if you're in Death Valley or if you're in California's desert in the middle of the San Fernando Valley, which is, by the way, a desert. It doesn't matter. We do not have a water problem. Oh, yes, we do, Arif. Department of Water and Power says so. No, no, no. Department of Water and Power has amazing pension systems. Department of Water and Power pays very, very well to be a government, quasi-government employee. So it is not a water problem. If you haven't noticed in the last Oh, I don't, let's just go back six months. The tr- 
trillions. I don't even know what comes after trillions. Whatever the the four 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 trillions, the 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 frillions, whatever. I didn't I didn't get to that math class. The trillions of gallons of water that have gone out to sea. What do you think they have done? What what do you think? Any idea? It's gone right out to the ocean. Did you ever ask yourself, why did Mulholland put cement and or the subsequent city fathers and DWP, etc.? Why do they put cement on the bottom of a naturally flowing river, right? Because they followed the right, the right path along the, the 5 freeway and out towards the 710. And I mean, those were all different natural waterways. Why did they put cement on the bottom of a natural flowing waterway? Do you think that has anything to do with the inability to absorb that water into the naturally occurring aquifers and water tables? I don't know. I'm just a, I'm just like a hobby weekend water guy. That's it. I'm just trying to figure things out. Logic. That's it. Math. Mm -hmm. A couple of things. But if you ask yourself, why is it that they shut down the Sacramento River Delta up north? They shut it down a few years ago because there was a couple of fish. It'll be about 12. Uh, let me see if I have it right. 16. $16 billion. $16 billion of your money, by the way. $16 billion. About 20 years to reconstruct something that we've had in place forever. Worked. Worked for 100 years. The ability to have that water, water the crops. So that the groundwater that's been in existence up in the the, the state was used for us to drink. And then all we had to do was tap in to the Colorado River on occasion or when we needed it or maybe at a certain level on a regular basis, whatever it was. Why are there trickles of, of, of gallons of water going out to the Mexico, Gulf of Mexico? If you ask yourself, because California, specifically the Democrat Party, has pushed so much water out to sea, they create a crisis for no reason. Said air if we can desalinization, but it costs a lot in energy. You're right, it does. It does. But good news is we have so much more extra electricity than we know what to do with. Oh, oh yes, you didn't know that. You didn't know that the Department of Water and Power shut off two insta start electric generators using clean natural gas that was enough to power thousands of homes. Thousands, by the way. And they shut them down and they dismantled. I think we have three. They dismantled two. So much so that last reported was just a couple of years back when energy companies in California paid other states to take our electricity, gave it away, paid them to take it. I thought you said it costs a lot of electricity to desalinizate. You, you know, where you take ocean water, take out the minerals, take uh, move the water this way, minerals, salt, push the water into the system, clean it up. You know, we can do that. They do that in 
Saudi Arabia, and Israel. They do that in Santa Barbara. We do not have a water problem. Look outside. We have a political problem. Please be clear on this because you have to realize your family, if you plan on staying here, is going to be paying for this. The reason I think California will be a a, a second world, if not a third world state, for a long time to come, because they have to absorb all of these government projects. The train to nowhere that was supposed to cost $30 billion will be well over $100 billion. Gavin Newsom would chuckle. <laughs> well, you don't understand. You know, These things, once we get into them, well, why did you lie to us and tell it was going to be 30? What? Just make up a number then. Just say we don't know what it's going to be, so give us a checkbook, and then just get out of our way. So we want to enslave your children who will work for the government for free for years to come. They say, well, hey, listen, Eric, don't worry. We're, we're raising minimum wage. Right? You give it with the left hand. Well, actually, you take it with the left hand from your employer. Give it to the worker. Before the worker sees it, the right hand comes along called government taxes and pulls it right back out. Have you ever asked yourself, why does it seem like I'm making more money, but I have less? Because of all these silly projects, every time you turn around, they're taxing something. For what reason? I don't know. Because the potholes aren't better. The water problem isn't solved. Every time there's an environmental thing, it's always like, oh, it's for the children. For the child, for old people and the children. The corrupt Democrat Party is something that conservative radio has talked about forever. Okay, fine. Next, talking point, check the box. But if you ever ask yourself, realistically, what are they doing with the money? Well, take a look at the pensions. 300, uh, listen, I care about the working people. They're the ones that are getting hosed in the story. It's always the teachers. Right? Oh, we want, we need, we have. Give us more. Okay, you get it. Why is it in two years you need more? Why in four years you're going to strike again and the children are at risk? Were they at risk the last 15 weeks? All of a sudden you they're at risk today? Tell me when we are going to be done. When can we, and we're done. When's the finish line? I think a good wage for a teacher is, duh. I think a good wage for a policeman is, a good wage for a secretary at Department of Water and Power is what? With a high school diploma, 100000 a year plus for a secretary. Nice lady, I'm sure. Wonderful person. But when you have older people who run around thinking, how am I going to pay my electric bill? How am I going to pay my water bill? Because these are serious issues. It used to be that your property taxes would chase you out of your house. You would become homeless because you couldn't pay property taxes. So along comes this guy named Jarvis. Howard Jarvis comes along and says, hey, listen, Proposition 13, save the homes for older people. We love old people. Give us the homes. Okay, thank you. And then what comes along? Oh, there if I have a million-dollar house. I pay $1,400 a year in property taxes. All right, good for you. Oh, but my electric bill is $600 a month. Oh, isn't it? Oh, my 
my uh, water and power every two months, $800. It's not going to be property taxes that kick you out of your house. It's this outrageous cost of energy. When energy, you told me, was going to be free or close to free called solar power. You told me that. You made all these people put these solar panels on their roof, become little mini solar and uh, energy plants, right? These electric generating plants called my roof, where I have to pay for the leaks and the repairs and the wind damage. I have to insure it. And then you, Southern California Edison or Department of Water Power, you get it back for virtually free. Oh, Eric, we gave you a tax break. Guys, you gave somebody else's money. You never gave your money. The electric company didn't invest in my solar panels. They didn't say, oh, well, we have a project going on in in the desert off the 14 freeway. We have another project on the ocean. And then we have this project over on Main Street, Arif Hallaby's house. What? They convinced you guys to put solar panels on your roof to be an energy provider where they get to buy the energy back from you for dirt cheap. In fact, it's usually free because they just do it's a sleight of hand, right? I'll give you one, you give me two, I'll give you four, I'll give you six. It's a shell game. But before you know it, you're like, wait a second, I put the solar stuff on my roof and then I'm still paying you for electricity? How did that happen? I thought I was supposed to get free electricity and then you were going to send me a check. What happened? Oh, well, you have mom and pop working people, right? Mechanic, school teacher, nurse, negotiating against professional politicians, trying to understand a contract from the energy companies and then these third-party providers. Not bad people. They're in business. That's their job. And then you're supposed to understand that contract the kilowatt per hour divided by the um, megawatt, and then you just go, okay, so what are you going to do again? Oh, we're going to give you. You see my point? I think it's going to be water. I think it's going to be electricity. I think those are the things that are going to start pushing you out of your house if we don't get straight. You see, because in retirement, you can't work overtime. In retirement, you don't get a pay raise because you learned a new skill. TFS Financial Insurance Services, that's our company. Total Financial Solutions. Air of Hallaby, that's me. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. I think you have to ask yourself a couple of questions. What is it that you're looking at trying to achieve at the end? Is it to leave your house to your children? Gavin Newsom made sure the Democrat Party, guys, be clear on this. The Democrat Party in the state of California does not want you to leave your house to your children. They do not. They want to take your house. They want you to sell it. They want to get paid uh, taxes on it. They want to raise the property tax for the cities, counties, and states. The city does not want you to give, uh, by the way, they're the same thing, city, state, Democrat Party. In California, they're all the same. There's, you, can, you can use one term interchangeably. Their goal is not to let you leave this to your children, period. 
That's but you worked for it. You sacrificed. You're the one that did the repairs. You're the one that stayed up in the, in the wee hours of the evening, working overtime, writing, correcting papers. It doesn't matter. So you have to vote differently. You don't have to tell your neighbors. You can still register as a as a Democrat. But what do they plan on doing? Very simple. They're going to spend another $16 billion, And let me uh, be clear on this. Says Corinne, uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre. One of the most dishonest press secretaries. Hard to be because every year they, they try to say, oh, it's Baghdad Bob again. Remember that guy that would say, we will win in victory. And you know, the soldiers are retreating and surrendering at record rates. The Desert Storm, remember that? Corinne Jean-Pierre, press secretary. Very simple. Let me be clear, which usually means I'm trying to convince myself. What do you think is going to happen to the $16 billion price tag that Gavin Newsom and his team and the left wing of the Progressive Party when it's all said and done, and they said 20 years, figure 30, you'll be dead, most of you. What do you think that $16 billion will actually cost? We should have one of those, uh, those, uh, you know, those vaults, right? Those time vaults, those treasure chests you put in. Everybody writes in the number, put it in, you lock it, bury it, put cement on top, put a little sign. Do not open this until 2050. And then we'll see who's right. And most likely we'll have passed away a long ways from now for a lot of us. But the good news is, very simple, good news, is uh, your family will inherit. It's like a lotto ticket that you bought and you're guessing way into the future. I don't think so. I, listen, they want to destroy the state. I don't know why. I think it's just going to be a power play. It's very, very simple. Not easy because it'll cost money and time, but a very simple fix to make it so that the water issues in the state of California. Why is this going to change? Because it doesn't matter what your retirement pension is if you're going to stay in the state of California. You're going to have to budget an extra 10, maybe even 20%. It's my my calculations, when we deal with clients, they come in. I say, are you going to stay in the state of California or are you going to leave when you retire? I'd love to stay here. I was born and raised here. Got it. Me too. But I'm telling you, they do not want you to stay here. They want very poor people and they want very rich people. Because the middle class are the ones that just got hit with another tax increase on, wait for it, your electric bill. Everybody that makes more than 180000 a year, you have to pay an extra $580 in uh, uh, electric costs. It's a, it's a penalty because you, you make more money. So we should take more from you. When 40%, I think it's 43% was the last number. I've got to see what 2023's numbers are. But 43% of Californians pay zero income tax. Nothing, zero, nothing. Like no income tax. 
Why do you think they're trying to employ illegals as quickly as possible? Because illegals, like everybody else, they pay payroll tax. Payroll tax is very simple. It includes Social Security and disability. And what do they do with that money? Well, they take that money and they give it to who? Well, first themselves or cousins. Very easy. I mean, rarely do you find, not impossible and, and not hard to find, but very rare, few and far between, a conservative that is corrupt financially in government. It happens. Usually they're somebody like, what is that, George, whatever his name is in is it New York? He comes along and they look at a district. Look, one of the times I was very disheartened from this is I had a client. His parents were both involved in the political sphere. And he, uh, one was conservative, one was more liberal. And so what he did is he said, I want to live in this area. So he pulled up the voter rolls and he says, okay, I want to run for office someday. Let me see what the voter rolls look like. Okay, more people are like this. That's who I'm going to be. I'm going to take that political position because it's what the people around me are. Instead of you saying, hey, here are my values. Here's who I be- what I am and who I believe I am and et cetera. Instead, it was... Oh, let's see. Let me put my finger to the wind. When people do that, there's no constitution. And sometimes they become conservatives. Sometimes they are because they wanted to live in that area. My point is, it's the liberals, it's the it's the Democrats that are as corrupt as can be. On and on, Diane Feinstein's husband was the first $100 million check from the train to nowhere. I pulled it recently. He and his firm were paid $980 million, $980 million of taxpayer money for the train to nowhere. Diane Feinstein's husband, of course, she's now passed. Can, can you imagine? Like, are you the only surveying company or whatever other uh, things that he did, right? What, whatever his skills or his firm. There's no other firm in the entire United States to say, hey, listen, we're already worth, they were worth about half a billion dollars at the time. We're already worth half a billion. It's going to look kind of yucky. I know we might be a great qualified firm, but there's two others that are, that are really darn good too. These two others are our competitors. We don't like to lose to them, but I'll tell you what. I'm a Democrat. I have values. So I am going to turn this down because my wife is a U.S. senator and it's going to look ugly. Why wouldn't you hear him say that? Because that's not what Democrats do. They would never say this. there's an impropriety. I spoke to Mike Garcia once years ago when he was running for office. I said, hey, Mike, uh, you know, let me know what you're thinking, right? And and why do you think you should do this and you're able to do this and on and on. And and he started going through things in an orderly manner. And I said, "Oh well, what about this?" He goes, "Eric, I couldn't do that. That there's no there's no value there's no uh, ethics in doing it that way." I said, "Oh well, well, how about do that?" He says, "Eric, I just that just wouldn't be the right thing to do." Now I, I didn't know 
because I don't understand it, the, the political, ethical, and business, etc. But here's somebody who could have done or said anything and instead said, Arif, that's just not a line. I'll go. I said, oh, okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't even know that was a thing. He goes, yeah, yeah, we can't do that. Oh, okay. So you say, oh, well, he say that just to get elected. Great. Fast forward now. All you got to do is check. Time, will t- time exposes everything. Open it up. And what do I see? A person who lives exactly like he said. Mike Garcia has the, the values, the character that he said even before he was running for office or when he was running for office, before he was elected. You see, my point is, speak behind the scenes. Look at some of this hidden video from Veritas or, or uh, James O'Keefe Media now. And look at him and, and listen to what happens behind the scenes. And what do you see? Oh, people at CNN lying and cheating. People at the, at the CDC lying and cheating. There's just no values in the Democrat Party. It's about money, power, fame. I just don't see that the same. I'm not saying they're perfect. Tons of, listen, Trafficant and others. I, I know you guys are going to give me a list of three or five or eight. I get it. But there's a re- reason the Democrats consistently have ethical issues. All right, so I, I need you to think twice. You have to stand up. You have to fight. Because nobody else is going to do it for you. When we come back, I'm going to continue. Triple eight ninety nine retire That's 888-997-3847. I'm Eric Hallaby. Stay with me right after the break. I'm going to continue. In your place for News Talk and Information. Amy 79. Security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me. Arab Halaby, the total financial hour. Triple eight ninety nine retire. Eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. I want to talk about your family's finances as we continue. Listen, uh, why I want you to get involved. You heard me say the, the water and the energy because I'm seeing seniors right now, people on fixed incomes. They were fine. I mean, not taking private jets anywhere three months or uh, three years ago. But three or four years ago, there was a little money left over each month. They weren't afraid about losing their homes. Social Security was sufficient. Savings was a consistent payment of sort. We use fixed or fixed indexed annuities for that guaranteed income. In other words, the safe money should have safe foundations, get reasonable rates of return, protect the principal, protect the interest. I don't think you should have to pay fees. You need to understand this. There are plenty of fixed and fixed indexed annuities out there that have fees associated with them. I don't like them. Like, wait a second. I keep going backwards. I thought I had safety. Oh, well. Yeah, except for that part. So there's a lot of good companies out there. I don't think you should have a fee associated. Now, listen, there's there's maybe a couple of features, and you say, well, I'm willing to pay for that. All right, then then you should know that ahead of time. It doesn't matter what it is. Dealt with a client the other day. We called, it, we called, uh, called the company because I encourage you to get a second opinion. Many of you have uh, variable annuities, 
may not like them or know, know how they work. Or so My job is not to explain to you how they work. That's the person who sold it to you. My job is to call the company and we just ask the facts. What's this fee? What's that fee? What's the total fee? Here's what you need to know whenever you have, very important, whenever you have an account that has costs or risk or both. Say, what did I put in? What is it worth today? And how much did it cost me to get there? Very important. That's it. That's all you got to know. What did I put in? What is it worth? And what did it cost me to get there? And then you can do the math. Okay. So, so here's one from this last week. He put in just under a hundred thousand. We'll call it a hundred thousand. Today it's worth a hundred and thirty thousand. So he made thirty thousand dollars. Took seven years to get there. All right, that's not bad. Seven years, but that's a lot of time to only make thirty thousand. But all right, so a hundred becomes a hundred and thirty. What's very important is his cost each and every year was just under four percent. It was three point nine five. So we're going to call it 4%. That's right around $4,000 a year. All right, just for the math, 4 times 7 is how much? 28000 In seven years, he paid $28,000 in fees to make how much? $30,000. You see, Wall Street and your brokers, they don't want you to know that this is the way you're supposed to decide if it's a good investment or a good retirement account or a bad retirement account or a bad savings account, you always ask, what did I put in? What is it worth? And what did it cost me to get there? If this is your $100,000 and you're giving it to a financial professional, do you think he or she wakes up every morning and says, oh my gosh, uh, I hope it's gone. Oh, it's up today. Yay. Oh wait, it's down today. Oh oh my gosh. There's no, 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 nobody cares. I, I don't mean they don't, they're, they're mean. You're just $100,000 out of their hundreds of millions of dollars. So when it goes up or it goes down, it's you that frets more than anybody else. And if you feel like you're the only one worried about your retirement account, then you shouldn't be in a place where you have to worry about your retirement account. Because the $28,000 or so that was paid to your broker is about the same amount that in this case he got and he earned an interest. Can you ask yourself, why is it that the broker deserves the same amount of gain when he or she did not work for the money initially and does not worry about it initially and has to not be concerned about their retirement going up or down? Do you follow me? Why is it we have the same risk in the game? Heads I win, tails you lose. Would you play that game? Of course not. Why does it seem that no matter what, Wall Street and, and broker man and woman seem to always win? So we get a bunch of these, usually two or three or four a week. It's always fun to to write them down and say, oh, this is a good story to tell. This is, the, this is on the next show. Because I think you and your family need to know there are choices, there are options. There's always a couple of catches, not one, but two, sometimes more. So what's the purpose of the money? The purpose of the money determines the place. Some of the mistakes I have seen in time and time again is when people think 
that a dollar is a dollar is a dollar. And that is not true. Each dollar has a different job to do. For example, the $20 in your purse or pocket, well, that's for lunch. It's different. It's not the same $20 that's in your retirement account. It's supposed to give you income for the rest of your life. It's not the same $20 that's in your children's or grandchildren's college fund because that's for college. It's not, it's not the $20 that's equity in your house because the equity in your house is designed for, work with me, your house. So where do people make mistakes? Here it is. You refinance your house to pay off your credit card debt. Now, look, if there is an event, okay, 28 years I've done this now, there's an event, a financial event, we all have them, and we weren't prepared for them, sometimes that happens, and then we run up our debt, credit card, et cetera, and we have to tap into our home equity, fine. It's not my first choice, not even my second, but it's sometimes is the only choice. Okay. But if it's a pattern of behavior, meaning every five, six, eight years, you run up your credit card debt and we do it all over again, run up your credit card debt, we do it all over again, then do not ever take it from your home. Do not. Why would you take home equity out to pay for a sandwich you ate three years ago? Would you do that? Does that sound weird to you? I don't want you to take from your retirement account to pay for your child's college. You see, because retirement has a deadline. And at 60, I'm done. At 65, 70, whatever it is, and I'm going to start needing this income, this money, to generate an income stream. Now, college is different, isn't it? What choices do they have for college income for retirement? Oh, my goodness, so many. You have what? Social Security, a pension. Uh, for, for retirement, I have uh, working part-time. That's probably it, right? Okay, now let's go to college. Scholarships, grants, working part-time, taking extra classes, going to community college, working uh, work uh, study at the actual school so I get paid in a discounted tuition. What about taking four years to get a three-year college uh, degree under your belt or six years or eight years? I mean, you can do that. Lots of different, go to this school instead of that school. Go to this school and get two and a half, three years, and then go to this one and just get enough credits to call that being the one that's on your diploma, if that matters to you. So my point is, they have 40 years to pay back that student loan debt. I think it's a horrible idea to get student loan debt, but it's not your, your, your problem. It's not your job. If you saved money for it, then absolutely. I saved money for most of my kids' college, then they went, and they went to community college first. That was our deal. Look, I'll pay for two years of school. Ended up being with one or two of them an extra year or so, but it was still paid for. But they had to go to community college, practice with this class. Oh, I want to be an engineer. No, nope, I don't like engineer. I want to be marketing. Oh, interesting. No, I don't. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a doctor. Whatever it is, you play, pretend, you check it out, but for 50 bucks, that's what you do. That's what community college is about. You go and you spend your time Figuring out, do I like oceanography or did I want to be a mathematics uh, major? That's where you do it. Not at $500 a unit. Oh, but the experience, the college experience. Gosh, you guys can go back and play almost any one of my shows. And I will tell you how horrible. You guys know it. You pretend. Oh, yeah, college experience. It was so. I had a wonderful time. Maybe you did. 
Some of you might have. But that meant you had amazing parents at home that gave you a solid foundation. But be very darn careful if you think sending your child off to a a four-year school, especially a young man, the accusations of sexual assault that are phony and fake that happen because of regret or other intoxication or other things, and this poor young man for the rest of his life is now being tarred and feathered a sexual predator. The suicide rate is huge. Doesn't diminish young women actually being attacked. But both of those facts never lead me down to saying, and I think I should take a 17-year-old and drop him into the middle of a place where kids, young men, young women, 25-year-old, because that's what a lot of the college students are, by the way. I'm going to take a 17-year-old that's barely mature enough, drop him into a place where 25-year-olds are running around. And I think that's a wise move. Look, my experience is simple. I worked as a Los Angeles police officer around Cal State Northridge and UCLA, both amazing schools. I would never send my young people there. I'd send a 22-year-old there. No problem. 16, 17-year-old? No. Oh, but they want to join a fraternity and a sorority. Have at it, folks. How many police reports do you think I took at the front desk? Or some really bad days. How many calls do you think I went on? Where people got hurt or injured or worse. So listen, my experience is acute, right? It's there. It's the, oh, but Eric, there's a 100,000 students and oh, that's only 16 of them. Okay, 16 of them. Unless it's you, then 16 is a big number. And it's not just those schools. Forget those schools. It's any school. The school's job is not to teach your children. The school's job is to indoctrinate them socially. Why? Because information is free now. When information is free, they have to change the subject. Look at your device. You can log on to your computer and say, how do I build a nuclear reactor? Bing, there it is. How do I build a bridge? Engineering. Say this in French. Here you go. Bing. When information used to be valuable, School was valuable. When information is free, schools had to retool themselves to something else. And what was that? Socially. So they had to manipulate the social values because before they were manipulating knowledge because you would come to them without it. Right? I don't use manipulate in a bad connotation. It just is. Right? When you only had high school algebra or or calculus... They had to manipulate you knowledge base into getting you into becoming an an official engineer, building bridges and tunnels, etc. But when knowledge is now free, what is a school valuable for? Well, we have a gym. We have a gym membership now and we have have a spa, we have safe space. Look, it's your money. I just want to shake it out of you that this notion that you're going to take your retirement account that you've worked for 40 years and you're going to give it to your child who's going to come out disliking your values, possibly having life trauma, and you still don't get to retire. Please be careful. I share this with you even a bit more passionately this week because of some things that have occurred for, for a client this week. 
this is horrible stuff. It's like he and his wife were sitting with me and they said, Eric, you know, the biggest mistake we had and I will feel guilty for the rest of my life is I'm the one that pushed her to go to that school. And I'm the one that said I would pay for it. And I'm the one that said, I'm going to use my money. You understand? The guilt, I, I, I can't take it from that parent. I wish I could. So I want you guys to be very careful where you spend your money. Retirement is for retirement. House is for house. Hey, Eric, I'm going to take a second on the house because i got to put in a new water heater and a new roof. And a, Wonderful. I think that's a good idea. You're improving the value of the thing in which is providing. It's feeding you. But what about retirement? What's the options? I want you to do a couple of things. Think twice before both of you turn on your Social Security. If you're husband and wife, or husband, husband, wife, wife, whatever it might be, two people, two incomes, I do not want you to turn on both of your Social Securities at 62 years old. Nine times out of 10, that's a bad idea. But the opposite, nine times out of 10, it's a good idea for the lower of the two to turn on Social Security at age 62 and then wait till age 70 or as long as possible to start the next Social Security check. You understand? So let let me give you a good example. Uh, Just traditionally, it's this way. Husband has $3,000 a month in Social Security starting at age 70. The wife's Social Security check, $1,800 a month starting at age 66. So we'd say, well, listen, at age 62, maybe it's $1,400 a month. I'm just going to make up a number. So at $1,400 a month, I'm going to say, let's start that. Start that right away at, at 62. Why? Because from 62 to 70, we're going to collect that 1400 a month. It's a lot of money. Oh, but we don't really need it. Now, listen, if you're working part-time, I do not want you to start Social Security. If you're working and earning more than about 20000 a year. You're going to check with your CPA, your tax preparer. You're going to say, hey, should I, should I not, etc. Okay? If you are not working, earning more than 20000 a year, then start your Social Security. And then what you're going to do is pay off bad debt. Now, you might say, Eric, we don't have bad debt. You have a car payment, credit cards, bad debt. Could you, oh, we don't have, great, save it. Build up your retirement accounts. Build up your savings accounts. Build up your rental property, next purchase house, right? So that you're acquiring assets and eliminating bad debt, sometimes even at the same time. Then at 70, that's when the higher of the two Social Security checks. Why did we do it that way? Because when one of you passes, we lose the lower of the two. And the amount of time that it takes to make it up is usually like about 12 years. It's been my experience doing the math. In other words, from 70 to 82. You reach 82 years old, then the 62-year-old should have waited till 82. Generally speaking, you should have waited. But I'd prefer that you end up having the money set aside. I'd prefer that you have the dollars set aside and use it while you're young. And you're ready for this. At 62, maybe you still have 
a young person, uh, one of your children in college, and maybe that's how you pay for their student loans or for their college tuition as you go. I'm all right with those kinds of things. If at the end of the day, the formula allows us to push money to the future, to give you a chance to save money, to start an income stream forever, then I'm happy. What I don't want you to do is to be in a position where you are stuck, waiting, waiting, waiting. You collect five Social Security checks and one of you passes away and you lost the rest of it. It's gone forever. You only get the higher of the two. Okay, so let's plan through that a little bit. Now, if you have another source of income, I told you, $20,000 a year, or it's about something like that. It'll change it. Uh, They seem to be changing it every year. You can take out money. You can live on your Social Security check and then work part-time. So they'll pull some of your Social Security check back. You have to give it back to them a little bit. You're like, that's a bummer. Yeah, but at age 66 or 67, depending on your full retirement age, they give it back to you. So they don't keep it forever. Most of the time, financial people forget to tell you that, yes, you're going to have to give some of that back. Yes, but then they increase your Social Security check at 67. You don't get it all back at once. It's not one big check. They just increase the payments monthly going forward. So you get a little bit of a higher Social Security. So, So they do give it back to you. Maybe... It takes 10 years to get it all back or 20. I mean, you'd have to do the math to see. But I just don't want you to think that it's kind of forever lost, right? Because it is not. It's important you realize that what you're trying to do is to build a financial plan for yourself where you are building this plan based on your numbers, not your neighbor or your son-in-law, your brother-in-law. Okay, these are important things. Because you and your family need to look and figure out why this is going to be hard. Why is it that we didn't learn about financial aptitude in high school? Because a lot of you think, well, well, I learned reading, writing, and arithmetic. It prepared me for the world. Then I went out and my experiences taught me things, my feelings, my emotions, my relationships. I learned. What school today is trying to do is to Make those experiences happen in school so that your emotions and your experiences, your protesting and your, your anger and your, your uninformed uh, global warming viewpoints, all of that is structured in the classroom. When the poor teacher, most of them, they just want to teach, man. They're like, listen, I'm just an English teacher. Now, the problem comes in when the, I'm an English teacher and I'm trying to teach English. And then you also say, oh, I'm going to give you my social values. I'm going to make up some phony enough stuff about the ozone layer, which you notice nobody's talking about anymore. Why? Because we don't have a problem with the ozone layer anymore. Remember it was the ice caps were melting? And there's evidence now that they are just the opposite. So they, Oh, it's, it's carbon. Okay. Do you realize populations have changed? Weather has changed. Oh, my gosh, look at how we- the weather. Oh, my gosh, weather changes. Well, Eric, how stupid. You don't understand the difference between climate and weather. Okay, if you think that it has always been the same and it's supposed to always be the same, I can't help you. But if I want my history teacher to teach my kids about their political points of view about history, I'm not interested. 
teach me the history books. Let me make my own judgments, conclusions. Hey, I got an idea. Let's debate. You could offend somebody. You could hurt their feelings. Yep, it can happen. I've seen it. I've seen people have their feelings hurt in a debate. Called you a name. So what are you going to send your children to school for? Grandchildren. So I encourage you, listen, part of it in your life might be the Prager University. You've heard me talk about Prager U before. Many of you donate to Prager University. Many of you that have come in as clients have Prager University as part of, of your inheritance, uh, your, your beneficiaries, your trust. As a beneficiary of your estate, that's a pretty powerful lesson. Listen, it's an organization. It's a business. There are hundreds of employees. Everybody from animators to uh, software engineers to, I mean, it's a full operation. It isn't just one person creating content. It is literally, I don't know if it's how many hundreds of millions, but it's millions of dollars. And the revenue that it generates and the goodwill, now that we know the state of Arizona, has given it it its uh, approval. I don't know. I guess just the word would be approval to be used as part of the curriculum. In other words, Educators can use it, discuss it, debate it. There are five-minute videos. Some of them are 30-minute videos. There's others that are part of it. But I want you guys to be a part of that. It doesn't have to be Prager you. You pick something where you make a difference. So if you're somebody who didn't have a chance to save for your children or grandchildren's college or your nieces or your nephews, but you still want to affect education in a positive way, You don't leave it to Harvard or even University of Texas or certainly not UCLA. You leave it to an organization. There's a lot of really good ones out there. Turning Point is a good one. You've heard me talk about them all. And I recommend you consider a place to leave a legacy gift. Because this is your future. And it's the nation's future. If you're going to stay in California, maybe even make it something specific to keep this state from falling off into the ocean mentally and otherwise all right guys thanks stay with me i have your emails after the break a lot of fun triple eight ninety nine retire eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven triple eight ninety nine retire we'll be right back after the break learn about financial power the total financial Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about finance. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arif Halaby. Total financial hour. Look, this is your second hour based on your request. I appreciate it. I think your uh, desire to to hear some of the solutions that we talk about, because it's easy to talk about problems, Uh, when you hear just about any financial broadcast, they're always talking about problems, they're always talking about issues that don't seem to have a solution, or they bring on two people, they just get into it and says, we're going to have to leave it there, but we're going to have you both back. Promise you'll come back? Thanks. We'll have you back to discuss the show. 
and the issues. <laughs> you never see them come back. You know, you sit there every night, every night with your popcorn. No, they never come back. Because a lot of this is the ability for you to understand that there are solutions. They're in your hands. And if you can see them and then you can react, it's almost never too late. Almost never too late. Not always, but almost. So I think I think your ability to see that most people have an option in life to make financial decisions and they still sometimes will choose the wrong one. Did you know that? I think sometimes people choose the wrong one. I don't mean they're bad. I just think most people don't have a desire to deal with the problems because it's not comfortable. Something happened. Something happened after World War II. I, I think Americans believe that they gave it the bank. You know, remember, you know how you say, oh, sorry, I gave it the office. I'm good. I, I'm good. I gave it the office. Right? Check that box. I did it already. I don't need to do it again. I think a lot of Americans felt like they, gave, they paid the price. A- and you did. But it doesn't mean there isn't another price to pay or another. And when Ronald Reagan so famously said, America and Americans are always one generation away from potentially losing or putting at risk our democracy. Today, you have men dressing up as women and playing sports. The left is now boxed into a corner. They used to say that women mattered. They used to say me too. They used to say listen to women. They used to say women's sports mattered. They wanted equality. And people on the conservative side said, yes, they do. uh, But they're not the same as men because we need a different sport for them. It's difficult because a woman may not be as strong or she may may not be as physically fit or whatever the case might be. It's the argument. And so... You had very, very, very few women playing sports with men at the same level. I'm not saying it didn't happen. My daughter was one that played hard ball, hard baseball. She didn't like playing softball. She said the girls were mean. And the boys, she, she was one of the best base stealers. That's where she could make a name for herself, where she was very fast. So she would steal bases when she was in her, what, or whatever it was, early teens. She was a good baseball player. Not great, but good. If you look at Major League Baseball, are they greedy son of a guns? Yeah, just like the NFL, just like hockey. So if they can hire a woman for 70 cents on the dollar, wouldn't they? Wouldn't corporate America, you you just told me corporate America, left wing, that they're greedy, so they should hire women for 70 cents on a dollar. Maybe, just maybe, some of them want to, some of them don't, and some of them are barred or kept out of it or treated with disrespect. I am with you. I have three sisters, a mom, a daughter, and a wife. I'm with you. Then why aren't you with me, my left-wing friends, when a man dressed like a woman or who grew his hair out in a ponytail says that he is now an athlete and plays on a woman's sport? When he was finishing in, in not even close to the top 100, right? 140, 170th or whatever it was. Then he turns around and runs in, in the uh, women's race and gets fifth place and bounces out a legitimate young woman. Can't you just say, I'm sorry? No. What's wrong with no being the answer? Some of you are those parents. I love you. You're great. Thank you for listening. But some of you are the parents that that supported and clapped participation trophies and certificates. Some of you said, no, that's okay. 
We're here just to have fun. Well, okay, maybe in third grade or second, but eventually it becomes about the points. Right? When my daughter was playing baseball, one of my boys played too. But when my daughter played baseball, it was the coaches, the parents, and the players kept score. Right? But, but oh, we don't, we don't keep score. It's just a game. Everybody kept score. Because the natural innate ability for a human being to compete is what it's called competing. And so now fast forward. Now you say that it's okay for a man to dress like a woman? And go into the girl's locker room. Oh, I think I'm a woman today. Okay. I'm sorry. Did you have psychological counseling? You need to get some help because that's not normal, but but maybe that's you. You know, I'm sure things happen. 0.1% or something. But this crazy land that we are supposed to agree to and live in, or you become whatever the racist phobic person is because they want to shut you down. They want to remove your ability to do business. What? They want to call you names. So you back off. How about some courage? Wouldn't that be interesting? I'll have an email. This is from William and Carolyn. You might find it interesting. Because I think part of this that's pretty important is for you to hear the tone. Dear Eric, I received a pension in 1985 at the age of 56. I worked for 30 years and I'm now 94 years old. I'm going to pause there for a second. All right. You guys understand he retired at age 56, 94, 30, 40, 30, 38 years. Worked for 30 years. He's 38 years in retirement. Interesting. Some of you are going to live a lot longer in retirement than you did working in your career. Continuing with Will. This is William. You have said that having income increase over time is the key. Well, I'm a testament testament to that being the case. My pension was $2,600 a month back then in 1985. And my house payment was $289 a month. Today, my pension should be well over $8,000 a month if I was to have just a 3% cost of living pay raise per year. Instead, I have a current pension of $5,900 a month. Now, we don't have a house payment and our bills are relatively low because we never bought outside of our means. So we're doing okay. But... It's not $8,000 a month. Your idea of laddering retirement income, quote, laddering retirement income accounts to adjust for cost of living increases over the many decades of my retirement would have been a lot more, uh, would have allowed me to travel a lot more, help my children, and just enjoy life. Had I listened to your idea of laddering with my retirement accounts, my income would be more than I would be able to spend even being generous with my children. We had to adjust our lifestyle during the the past 10 years in order to pay for our various healthcare expenses and prescription drug needs. It may be too late for me and my wife to make big changes, 
but please explain the laddering concept to others and encourage them to listen to you. Signed, William. Okay, you guys, I've mentioned this before, but certainly if you're new to listening to me, I think you need to understand the concept. What it is, is taking your retirement accounts, we'll call it $500,000, and separating it out into different purposes, different needs. So while you're taking from one one portion of that retirement account, rather, the rest is growing and increasing in its what's called annuitization credits or its income credits. Meaning the longer you wait to take out your account, the more it will be. For example, with Social Security, if you start taking Social Security at at age 62, and let's just say it's $2,000 a month, by the time you are 70 years old, that might be, oh gosh, what would that be? Eight times eight, 64, could be somewhere in the neighborhood of about $4,000 a month. So you would save, you would, you would almost double your social security. But now if you started it at 62, you're not going to increase it, are you? It's just going to be that number and you'll get whatever cost of living increases, similar to what William did. He's just going to get that same number. 1%, no percent. Sorry, the, the pension doesn't have enough money this year. Sorry, we're cutting back. Whatever is happening, it happens. But what about you? Your retirement accounts, if you expected to live, in his particular case, guys, almost 40 years, 38 years in retirement? Had he retired at 56 years of age and I was to have been there and caught him and said, hey, did you know, I'm just telling you, I just figured this out, I found out, a little bird told me, whatever, that you're going to live for 40 years in retirement. So you better plan for this long race. It's a marathon. It is not a sprint. So if you're somebody who wants to have that same mindset, maybe we can help. There's some good financial people out there. Uh, I don't say we're the only ones. Some of the guys are like, only see me. Forget it. There's some good folks. Here's the criteria I want for your laddering, for your income strategies. Number one, it has to be A-rated companies. So companies in the A category, A minus A, A plus, A plus plus. That's basically four categories. There's some more different rating agencies, but I want you to have in that solid type category. So they've been around for a while is my second criteria. I'd like them to have been through at least one or two bad financial crises. 2008 was a bad one, but it more focused on the banking and mortgage crisis. 2000 was the dot-com crises. We had war, if you will, with 9-11 hitting. So I would like those two things, of course, but wouldn't it be nice to go through the 1950s? Or maybe even, let's just say, 1979, 1980, the Jimmy Carter inflation of 18, 19%. Wouldn't that be great? I want a company that has been tested through various financial economic conditions. How about the Great Depression? Coming up on 100 years on that, 1929. Maybe maybe we needed a company that has been around long enough to go through that. So that's my second. Long track record, been around long enough, tested. Third, I like minimum guarantees. Minimum guarantees. What if things just don't work out the way we thought? What if something happens? What if we're in a prolonged time of high inflation? A prolonged 
period of time of stagflation. Prices rise, but wages don't. Layoffs happen. Right? I think that's more likely. I think stagflation is what we're expecting to see. In fact, if you turn around and, and you take a look, you're going to see more and more layoffs. That's coming. All of these union contracts, they're excited. Next hospital workers are going to uh, you know, strike. Okay, well, where do they think the money comes from? You just told people they get health care for free. You just gave millions of Americans reduced cost for health care. That means that they are not paying for it or they're not paying the full price. You just said that. And now nurses and doctors, they want to get paid? They want to get paid more money? This is not a, a volunteer gig for the hospitals and the doctors? What? Who do you think is going to pay that? Right? You just told people, hey, this is free. Great. Oh, doctors, you have to work. You did it with the with the schools. Free education. Free, 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 free. Oh, sorry, teachers, you have to work for free, too. You didn't say that. Teachers want a pay raise. UC is going to go on strike next. That's what they're probably going to do. Cal State, yep. And if not today, tomorrow. It's just the next thing. But you told them you could have education for free. So, Will, in 1985, Ronald Reagan was still president. We had a a much stronger America, right? We were on the verge of the collapse of the the Iron Curtain, the Soviet expansion. It was pretty neat. We started seeing that move happen. Well, this is important if you realize this, because today we're in a different place. And I think you have to understand somebody is going to have to pay for this stuff. And is it the Chinese? Well, they'll be more than happy to come in. They've, they've done that through Latin America. Right? They've bought their way all the way through Europe. Some countries are proud enough to not take it, but they'll be surrounded. And eventually they're going to be forced to take the money. Africa has sold out completely their natural resources. So I think you're going to see over and over again pressure on taxes. Which means even though you're going to see an increase in your pension, because that's what they're going to do. They're going to increase the taxes. So when in the front door comes out the back door, Oh, but now look, I got a 30% pay raise. Great. And we raised taxes. How much did you really put back into your pocket? How much? By the time you add the cost of milk and eggs, because everything's going to go higher because people have to pay you more money. Now, listen, I want you to make more money. But I want you to be worthy of it, not because you exist, not because you work hard. Both of those are two very, very important things. But I want you to be paid more because you are worth more because you do more. I created the cure for cancer. Okay, that's not a minimum wage job. Oh, if you don't understand, well, you go back to school, start a business, create something, build something, team up with somebody. I don't have that strength. Great. Find that person. And by the way, they're not in your video game and they're not in your phone. Find that person. Go talk to them. Go get mentor by somebody who's better than you. You see, William was blessed to have a pension. Sounds like a lot of money back then, by the way. Ten times his house payment. Figure what your house payment is today. Roughly. I mean, it's not quite ten times, but almost. And say, all right, my house payment 
My pension is 10 times that. It's pretty darn good. House payment is 2000 a month. That's $20,000 a month in a pension. But look at what happened 30 years, 40 years later. It's not the same, is it? It's only about five times your house payment. That's very important math. Because rents always increase. That doesn't change. Taxes always increase. That's not going to change. But what about, oh, call me silly, but what about Social Security? No, doesn't really. Doesn't really, does it? I think you have to look in the mirror and ask yourself, what exactly am I expecting the next? Oh, I don't know the the answer. The the next wave. Do you think it's going to come from the mass layoffs and and inflation? I think stagflation is here, right? Have you ever, you guys have heard of shrink, shrinkflation, haven't you? I can't say that fast. It's too early. Shrinkflation. Have Have you heard of that? You know what that is? You used to buy 10 ounces of something, and now you go to the store and it's eight ounces. Here's the problem with that. The product in most items from hair care to food items to beauty care items, the, the, the product, the inside of almost every item is the least expensive of the entire product. Meaning the cereal inside of the box is not the expensive item. It's the packaging. It's the coloring It's the shipping, it's the marketing, it's the advertising. It's not the product on the inside. It's not the 10 ounces of Cheerios versus, you know, 12 ounces or something. It's the product is almost single digit pennies. So when you look at those items, you know that it's a temporary fix because it really didn't solve much. It really didn't. What instead happened is the solving of the temporary band-aid. Everybody's waiting for somebody else to do something. That's it. Poor William. The only way inflation is going to be fixed is simple. You have to raise interest rates. Somebody's going to have to pay the price really bad, really fast. It's it's not me. It's economists saying this. Right? I mean, I've studied this stuff only for about 40 years. But I, I still don't consider myself... Maybe as sharp as some of these um, Federal Reserve people. Okay, fine. Maybe they're smarter than me. But all of them are saying this. I'm just I'm just your humble servant. I listen to them. Hey, Arif. Well, they weren't talking to me directly, but if they were, it would have been like this. I talk to my computer. Hey, Arif. Uh, for inflation to come down, we have to raise interest rates. So until interest rates and inflation are the same number... Basically, we're going to, you still have a runaway train. The equal and opposite force of inflation is interest rates. So what is the home prices going to do? Well, home prices are going to drop. We're already seeing it. It's not secret. Less people instead of a hundred people bidding on a house at 3.1% 30 year mortgage. Maybe it's less. Maybe it's five. Maybe it's one. Maybe it sits on the market for quite a long time. Maybe the $1.5 million house has to sell for $1.1 million. 
Maybe it drops all the way to 900,000. I think there's going to be some big, big changes. Now, the sooner they can make it happen, the harder they can make it happen, the more people that are going to be hurt. But it's kind of like slamming on the, the brakes of a train. Have you ever seen that Hollywood movie and somebody pulls that red lever? No, not Congressman Jamal Bowman. That, that's, that's the fire. Sorry, that, that's, that's the fire alarm. Remember elementary school? Fire alarm, door open, stop the train. So it's the stop the train button. You've seen that in the movies? Stop the train. Everybody. That's basically what they have to do to the economy. Hit the red button, stop the train. Everything collapses, layoffs, bankruptcies, foreclosures. It's going to be ugly. But for how long? Well, nobody knows that, right? The, the dura- We all know the cycle. First, this happens, then this happens, then this happens. People just don't know how long we're going to be in each cycle. And it's not the same, meaning this part of the cycle could be one year. This part could be six months. This part could be four years, right? So it's still a circle, but how long do we, we know what's next, but how long are we going to be in the what's next? Nobody knows. Six months, maybe, if, if we stop that hard, if we get that painful and layoffs and, and horrible time. The problem is government's job is to rescue you, if you will. When things get not bad, but real, real, real bad. At least many will say that's government's job. But I think first it's your friends and family, then your neighbors, then your churches and charities, then your local government, then your city government, state, then the federal government. The problem is the federal government has already spent all the money. So when a real bad day comes, like a war or or a, they slam on the brakes on the train, when something really bad happens like that, then what? Well, the only option is what? People have to suffer. Maybe you won't vote for those clowns again. Maybe you'll realize that the rhinos, the Republicans in name only, because they can't get elected in an area if they say they're really progressive Democrats, or the Democrats, the far left wing who's afraid to stand up. There's some good Democrats, I'm sure, but they're afraid. They're afraid to stand up. So what do they do? Well, they just go along, get along. They vote. You guys, some of you are Democrat. I'm independent. Or independent. Make my own decision. Yeah, but if you voted for the Democrat clowns, this is... what. Who cares what they call you? You still voted for the Democrat clowns that are ruining the state. You can't have a state where 100% of the jobs, from the top to the bottom, is the same political party who cheat on elections by stuffing ballot boxes and sending absentee ballots to everybody. I know this. You know it. You know it. You know you can go to an apartment building that has 20 residents and there's 100 different ballots there. You know that in the certain districts around the country, certain areas to get certain congressmen or women in the office, they don't have to cheat the entire country, just enough in that area to flip that one seat or those two seats. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the, the Democrat way, right? Win at all costs. Never lose. Uh, maybe. Maybe you admire their, at least their, their ability to stick together. It's got to be some something redeeming. All right, when we come back. Todd and Greta, I have your email. I'm going to read it. We're talking about your business. You sold your business. How do we structure the sale? Some of you are selling your business. Some of you might learn something when we come back. The Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Hallaby. This is AM870, The Answer, 888-997-5735. 
3847. We'll be right back. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from hey, welcome back. I'm Eric Hallaby, the Total Financial Hour. TFS Financial Insurance Services, we love to bring you this show. Uh, I want to give you a couple of uh, things to write down. First, our phone number, 888-997-3847. That's 888-997-3847. And my email address is Arif, A-R-I-F, at TFS Wealth, as in a lot of money, that's wealth.com. Arif Hallaby at tfswealth.com. Okay. Sometimes your emails uh, are a bit more complicated, meaning you have a lot of detail in there. So it takes a little bit of background, a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of uh, explaining uh, how to arrive at the different solutions. So I don't want to lose you. Stay with me. I think this is a great opportunity for you to grab your pen and paper. Write down new uh, words that you're not sure of. You can shoot me an email or we can talk on the phone. I can kind of explain to you some more of the details. But this is going to be simple and easy to understand. That's my goal for you today. But Todd and Greta, looks like you guys have a great business. And this is important to understand. Dear Arif, I am selling my business this year. And I wanted to see what your thoughts are on ideas for structuring the deal. I am expecting to have right around $400,000 in the very first payment. And then I'm hoping to receive $2,500 a month for the next four years. All right, let's make sure we write this down. Got it? Now, $2,500 a month for the next four years. The total sale price is $520,000. I also have about $625,000 in my SEP IRA. I'm going to explain to you guys what that is in a second. SEP, SEP IRA. I want to have that set aside for income for us later next year or maybe even in two or three years. We will need a total of about $8,500 a month to live comfortably and the way we want to live. Our goal is to travel, to help our kids, and to maybe give to some charities whenever we feel that they are deserving. My current Social Security check is $3,400, and my wife will receive a pension of $3,300. Both of those are per month. Is it possible to have enough income from my retirement accounts each month to make up the difference just in case he doesn't pay the $2,500 a month? And that's Todd and Greta. Okay. Let me break this down for you because I think this is important. If you're going to sell a business, as they say, the devil is in the details, Set this aside for just a second, but in a normal business, it doesn't matter if you are a framing company, right? We've had people that make picture frames. We've had folks that are dentists and doctor's offices. We get that all the time. Uh, We have regularly people that are selling manufacturing companies where there's assets uh, like uh, drills and lathes and uh, machines, CAD machines, etc. So these are very important pieces and parts to 
an organization, a manufacturing company or, or a company. The other part is the building, the land, the, the factory, the yard, right? The parking area, the, the storage lot, whatever it might be. So before you guys do any selling, if whoever it is, not just Todd and Greta, but you guys have different corporations or you should have different entities, LLCs or corporations for each structure, for the building and for the business. You may even want to have a corporation that is a leasing company that owns the equipment. So let's say you own a building in downtown whatever and you manufacture t-shirts, right? We have clients that do different clothing articles, etc. Well, you have the equipment and maybe it's older, that's fine, but it has some value because it works still, doesn't it? So you might have an LLC or an S corp that owns a limited liability company. That's what an LLC is. It's a type of corporation. So you might have a limited liability company that owns the land, maybe an S as in small business corporation that owns the business, the website, the uh, receivables, for example. Then you might have another corporation. Maybe it's an LLC, a limited liability company that owns the equipment. All right. You need to speak with a good, maybe even a great tax attorney slash CPA, somebody that understands business, not just everyday CPA, some just like doctors, right? Some CPAs are amazing for these kinds of businesses. Some are great for NFL players. Some CPAs are lousy for just mom and pop operations. Some are good and great in different areas. So my recommendation is find somebody that understands this type of business structure. So I'm going to go off of the assumption that you've already done this, that you know this, and that what we're going to do is kind of pierce off, if you will, or pull off these folks so that we're selling them the business and maybe even the equipment. Now, the value in the building is if you own the building, it's owned by you, this guy or gal, whoever, whoever the purchaser is of your business, they're going to keep paying you monthly rent, monthly rent, month. Thank you. That's above and beyond the purchase price of the actual business. So it's nice. Another source of income, but you didn't mention that. So I'm not going to count that. All right. So what am I going to count? $2,500 a month. And we're expecting to have around $400,000. I want you to know that rarely ever happens properly. I'm sure it does. And with the right attorneys drafting the right uh, contracts, you have a really good shot of it taking place. And what am I, what do I mean? Well, you're going to receive the 400,000, but a lot of these folks go around and they offer to buy your business. They make the first or second payment of $2,500 a month. And then that's it. Now they do the Sumi or you go to check on it and the entire warehouse is gone. All the equipment has been shipped out somewhere and there's no business. They're not going to pay you anything. So what did you receive? $400,000. So my, my push for you is, Anybody that's selling a business, collect as much upfront as possible, period, whatever it takes. Well, Arif, the guy said he doesn't have any money. Great. Mortgage your house, mister. Have the guy mortgage his house, his parents' house, his, his sister, brother. Somebody has to believe in him. It's not your job to believe in him or her. Take a second mortgage on your house. Sell your car. Give me the pink slip to your car. Right, You can put a lien on the equipment if there's serial numbers, etc., meaning you're going to take pictures, you're going to uh, track it, etc., maybe put a hidden tracker on it if it's a large enough piece of equipment, bulldozers and, and uh, 
different types of excavators, for example. You can put like a GPS tracker, right? You can put an entire system in place where you lock in if he or she decides to be sneaky or dishonest. It's really going to come from the original agreement. I don't want you negotiating. What are red flags? Well, well, uh, Todd, I'd like to buy your business, but I don't deal with lawyers. You know, lawyers just, they're crooked and they rip you off and they always find a reason not to make it happen. Oh, no kidding, sir. Next. Next. Uh, I don't deal with you then because I'm a manufacturer. I have no clue how to draw contracts. That's why lawyers are lawyers, not manufacturers, because they're great at what they do and I'm great at what I do. So, Todd, I think you need to say, listen, we need to have uh, – so whoever's buying it, Joe, Joe, you don't need to have an attorney, but my attorney needs to be there because I, I don't understand everything, and I'm just not that smart. And right, You can self-deprecate if you need to. But here's what I need, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer. I need an attorney to lock this down, and that could be anything. It could be I want to lean any asset that you have, your house, your rental property. Your bank account you put up for collateral in an escrow account, right? Your retirement account. Make me an irrevocable beneficiary where I have to sign off on it. You can't move that money. Oh, uh, the guy is 40 years old and he has $200,000, but he doesn't want to take it out of a retirement account because if he does, he's going to be taxed on it. Well, there's a workaround. You can have that retirement account go into a, a purchase agreement. Buy stocks of your company and you can own it. In other words, there still is a way to make that happen. Who would do that? Good lawyers. But just in case he doesn't pay, you need a plan B. But what if he does? Everything's fine. He's an honest person. We have a client right now. They sold a restaurant. Honest person that that bought it. They're paying on time. Everything is great. Big chain. Perfect. Sometimes things like that happen and... Where, where it's done right and it's the way it's supposed to be. So what is another way to do it? Well, number one, I'd like you to think twice. Make sure you insure a life insurance called a key person life insurance policy. So what that means is that you have a key person life insurance and that key person, if he or she passes away, the business could be run into the ground. It could go bankrupt. It could not have its leader but you're still owed money. What are you going to try to do? Come out of retirement, move back from Palm Springs or from Boca and run a company two and a half years later? No. So a key person life insurance policy, maybe you pay for it. You build it into the price. You say, listen, I need five years. You're going to owe me money for the next five years. I need a five-year life insurance policy on you to fill the gap in case he passes away because things happen, right? We don't know. So that is another recommendation that kind of gives you that little cushion just in case it doesn't work out. Okay, so let's say it does and, and everything is paid over the next few years, all is done, then what? Well, one of the things I would look at is taking your 625,000 SEP IRA. So what is SEP? It's a self-employed person's IRA. So different than a 401k, it has some similar features, meaning you, you can put in more money. The employer can put in money. There's money that can go into that bucket. No problem. It's a big portion. 
about 25% of your income. But the self-employed person's IRA does not have the same protection provisions as a 401k. So think twice before you keep a SEP self-employed person's IRA. You might want to consider having the flexibility of having a regular IRA, traditional IRA. But if you need protection, right, lawsuit protection, creditor protection, maybe IRS protection, whatever, it might work, then consider a 401k plan. A 401k plan also allows you to borrow money, 50%, up to $50,000. Your self-employed person's IRA, you cannot borrow from it. You can take money out, and when you do, it's taxable. That's not a problem. But as far as borrowing money and putting it back so that it continues to grow, you cannot do that with the self-employed person's IRA. It has to be a 401k plan. So how would I would do it? Well, simple. I'd split it up. Remember our first email from William and Carolyn? I would ladder this. These guys are young enough, Todd and Greta are young enough, to where they could live another 35 years. So how do we make sure? Well, number one, I would take 250000 of the four hundred, and I would use that as what's called a spend-down account. That's my backup plan. That's my spend-down account. If the $2,500 a month does not come in for whatever reason, then we flip a switch, and the 250000 starts to pay a monthly amount. But what about the rest of the money? Well, that 150000 from the purchase price plus the self-employed person's IRA gets split up into a various, probably three different accounts. One medium term, one long term, and one when one of you passes away. Because when one of you passes away, you see, here's what happens. You have a pension of $3,300 a month. A lot of pensions, depending on how you learned, uh, earned this pension, Greta, doesn't allow you to receive Social Security as well. So you're going to lose one of those. Well, that's that stinks. That's, that's half. That's 50% of your income is gone when one of you passes away. Not 50% of your expenses. In fact, 50% of your income is gone, but your tax rates nearly double. Did you know that? When you are married filing jointly, you pay less taxes than a single person. And when you're widowed the following year, you have to pay single taxes. So not only does your tax rates nearly double, but at the same time, you lose income. So what I would do is take some of that 625000 self-employed person's IRA. I would spread it out a little bit. Give me medium, long-term, and just in case one of us dies, account. And by doing that, we have set up an income stream to last forever. And it increases 3 to 5% a year on average. Sometimes 6, 7, sometimes 0. But maybe we take some of that 150000 I put it in a 5%. Or did you guys know right now there are three-year three-year multi-year guaranteed annuities, MIGA accounts, that are paying between four and six percent, four and five and a half, five point seven. That means let's call it five percent. You have a three-year account that's guaranteeing you five percent interest, and you don't pay taxes on that money until you withdraw it. 
Meaning this year, nope, I don't need it. Leave it. No taxes. Next year, I don't need it. No taxes. Next year, I don't need it. No taxes. Roll it over. No taxes. Let it grow. No tax. Oh, now send me a check. Okay, now you'll pay tax on, on the interest. But not on all of it, just what you took out. So it gives you a chance to kind of manage that a little bit. It gives you a chance to push it around a little bit. Of course, taxes equal talk to your CPA, your tax preparer. Taxes equal, we sit down, we review, we take a look. Am I missing something? Is there something they can help you with? We don't mind. Listen, for our clients, guys, we are on the phone. I have to do that next week. On the phone with a client after the the, the uh, October 15 deadline is over. Right? We have conversation with somebody's CPA. Hey, here's where they are. Here's what they're doing financially. What can we do to offset it? Anything I can do to help. Right? So, so that's my job is to kind of get in there, meet with them, be guided by what they tell me, do what they recommend, throw my two cents into it, and we come up with a solution for you. Often it's phone calls and Zoom meetings these days and Teams. What is it? Teams or something? Microsoft Teams, I guess. <laughs> I don't who, who would have thought, did you ever think five years ago this was going to be the norm? That people were going to be in their pajamas and be on a, and have a shirt and tie on and have fuzzy slippers underneath the desk and, and sit there and conduct a, a professional meeting? Does somebody take you seriously? Maybe that's the new normal, right? As they always say, I remember back in my day, kid, everybody had it tougher back in their day. Pretty confident that actually holds true today. <laughs> Pretty confident. Before it was always, well, that's always something people would say. Now, eh, not so much. I think back in my day when you had to sit in traffic, you had to go to work, you had to park, you had to deal with a homeless guy. Today you sit in your house, probably a lot easier. Today you do your Zoom meetings or you work from Happy joint work. What is it called? We work space, joint space, live, happy. It's about happy. (laughs) It's not about holiness. It's about happiness, right? The, the me generation is here bigger than ever. So maybe that person is going to be the one buying your business. I want to encourage you guys. If you have a company or you're considering starting a business, don't put your name on the company. For a lot of reasons. If this person ends up ruining the company or doing something dumb, then your name is on it. Right? It could be consolidated whatever or specialized whatever. Okay. You're the owner. You and your wife, your husband, got it. But if part of your exit strategy in business is to sell the company, then let's build the foundation properly and probably not name name it after yourself. I know there's a narcissistic reason. There's a pride reason. There's all sorts of reasons we do it. I'm telling you, I think today it's not always a good, a uh, good way to do it. And part of the journey in building your own company, part of the journey in, in building your own business is to buy the building. And if we are coming up on a crazy economic time, if that's happening right around the corner, this collapse in commercial buildings, which is going to be coming, by the way. 
and you are currently renting and you have a great lease, which is five or 10 years and the renewal of that lease is fixed at 3% or 5% a year, then I will tell you what I think is going to happen. I will, the amount of money owed on the building is going to require a monthly payment that is greater than what you are paying in rent because interest rates are that much higher. So when rents were much lower because people could afford it at a much lower rate, that's not the case anymore. When rents were lower, so were the payments. There's still a profit for the owner. But when these large buildings, restaurants, office buildings, manufacturing, when the owner now has to refinance that, because that is what that is the requirement. In a commercial building, you cannot have, a th- most of the time, uh, maybe it existed somewhere, but almost all of the, bil- the, the loans are this way. It's a 30-year loan or 20-year loan, but it's due in five years. 20-year loan, due in 10 years. Interest rates are lower. They spread the payments out over that 20-year number. But at the five-year or the 10-year mark, you now have to refinance. The bank now wants their money. They turn around, they're going to lend it out for much more interest than they charged you. So they're happy to get rid of you. You have to go to the marketplace and say, hey, I now need a loan for what's left on this building. And they say, great, you were doing it at 3%. Now it's 9%. Say, well, but my rents are fixed. The guy has a 10-year lease. He's still in the middle of that lease. Sorry, you got to make that payment. So then what happens? The person walks away from the building. It's what happened in 1991. It's what happened in 2008. We saw it again in 2020. Do you think it's not going to happen again? Of course, it's what's called normal. So if you are a business, a manufacturer, and you can ride this out, and you have cash available, you better be saving, by the way, getting out of bad debt. Small business owners paying off those ugly credit cards. Get away from bad debt. Build that rainy day. If the time comes and everything from your credit to your business is strong, And your landlord or the guy across the street or down the way or around the corner ends up losing their building and it goes to auction, guess who can be there to pick it up? That's right. You. You. Because that is the shift that always happens. It always happens. Why? Because we don't have a fixed budget. We've been been operating as a country on this borrow money versus Don't buy it until you have enough cash to buy it. That used to be the way it was in the 40s and 50s. The borrowing of money as a nation has bled down to you and I as people. So the reason home prices went through the roof is very simple. We used to have five-year mortgages. So the payment had to be reasonable for somebody. Then we had 10-year mortgages. So the price could be a little higher, but the payment would be lower. Then we had 20-year mortgages. That means you would buy a house for 20 years. They could spread out the payments over a longer period of time. The house would be a lot more expensive, but the payments would even be lower. Then we went to 30-year. What do we have right now? 40-year, 50-year. We have 90-year mortgages you can get, which means 
You're only, it's only an equity play, meaning you're just doing this for equity. You're hoping that you can tread water long enough for the value of the house or the, or the building or whatever to grow in value. So you can sell it, give the bank back whatever you borrowed and make a little profit. That's how a bank can keep the prices higher by spreading out the payments longer. So I think that's going to happen. I think we're going to see a change that's going to kick in coming up here very soon. And that change is going to happen right in your backyard. And it's going to hit you. I'm here for you. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. And my email address, Arif, A-R-I-F, at TFSWealth.com. 888-997-3847. I hope that helps today. I appreciate you being here. This is AM870, The Answer, your place for news, talk, and information. See you next week. Look forward to hearing from you. Have a great week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.